Hello, Calvary Church, and welcome to our midweek online Bible study. I know what you're thinking. Where's Pastor Marty? Well, my name's Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church, and he's given me a tremendous opportunity to share with you the Word of God today. And so we'll be going through and looking at this topic of love tonight. Before we jump into our study, we know that it's been a little bit over a month since we've all been sheltered in place, practicing physical and social distancing through COVID-19. And I want you to know that Pastor Marty and your pastoral staff, we are praying for you and your families. And we hope and pray that you would remain faithful to God during this time, that you would also stay connected online, maybe get in an online small group, send a note to someone, call someone up and just encourage them. And lastly, be the church. Although we can't get together physically, don't stop being the church. Share the hope, the love, and the good news of Jesus Christ. And most importantly, be safe. Well, if you've been tracking with us in our midweek series, we've been in a Let God series. Week one, Pastor Marty talked about how we let God work. Last week, he shared with us about let God serve, showing us a powerful example of the servanthood of Jesus Christ. And this week, we're going to look at let God love. Did you know that the Bible talks about the attribute of God's love more than any other topic in the Bible. Did you know that one of the attributes mentioned in the Bible over and over again is the attribute of God's love? God's love is his character. It's who he is. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians. It says, God is a God of love and a God of peace. Did you know that in our text tonight, love is mentioned over 46 times in 135 verses? Tonight, we'll be reading from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, and I'll be reading the NIV version, and it reads as such. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since we so loved, God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. What a powerful, powerful passage of scripture. There's nothing like the love of God. God's love is undescribable. And to you and I, do you remember when that love first invaded your heart? Do you remember how it impacted you? We're going to look at that tonight, and we're going to just unpack these verses and talk about God's love. There is nothing like the love of God. It is the most overwhelming thing that I've ever personally experienced in my entire life. It is the greatest thing that God has ever done for any of us. Do you know that when John wrote this book, he was writing to a group of people called the Gnostics. The Gnostics believed that knowledge was power, and they believed that there was a secret path to God and his ways without love. But John penned this letter to you and me and to the Gnostics to let them know that God's love overcomes knowledge, and it is what we all need in the world today. You know, the world tries to define love through sappy romantic comedies, through uh, reality TV shows, whether it's The Bachelor or The Housewives of, you name the city, you name the place. They try to define love for us. 
But in order for you and I to know what the love of God is and to understand it, we first have to describe God's love. And the first description of God's love is that it's unspeakable. Do you remember when that love first hit your heart? Where were you? Were you on the side of a road praying the sinner's prayer? Were you at a church revival? But when God's love first came into my life and into your life, it's even hard, even today, to articulate that love. It's unspeakable. But it was so amazing. You knew that you knew that that love was like no other love. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 38 and 39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present or future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else at all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This love that God has for us, it's unspeakable. Sometimes it's hard to even articulate, but you know it's real. You can sense it in your every fiber of your being. The love of God, when it's described, it's unspeakable. It's not only unspeakable, but what I love about God's love is that it's unending. Jeremiah 31.3 says this, The Lord appeared to us all in the past, saying, I love you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an unfailing kindness. Aren't you glad that God's love does not run out? You see, the world's love will run out. At the end of the romantic comedy, the movie's over. But God's love continues to go on and on and on from all of eternity because it's who he is. His love is unspeakable. His love is unending. It's also an unselfish love. It takes nothing in return. But what it does demand from you and I is that we turn towards God. Romans 2 chapter 4 says it best in the New Living Translation. It says this, Don't you see how wonderfully kind tolerant and patient God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Wow, an unselfish love that has one objective, which is to turn you and me from our sinful ways toward a loving God. I love the fact that God's love is unspeakable, that God's love is unending. It's unselfish. It's unmerited. It's definitely unearned and undeserved. We don't deserve God's love, but God grants it to us graciously. You remember the fact that Jesus Christ himself gave his very life for you and I. John 3.16 is one of the most famous verses in all the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Not only is God's love unspeakable, unending, unselfish, unmerited, but lastly, God's love is unconditional. It's not based on what you and I can produce. We can't perform God for God's love. It comes from the very heart of who God is, an unconditional love that loves you and loves me. So first we looked at how love is described. Now I want to show you how love was demonstrated. Look at what it says in verse 10 of 1 John. It says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God's love can never really be fully understood, but it can be seen. It can be seen most visibly and most demonstratively at the cross of Jesus Christ. 
When you see the cross, think of the love of God. Whenever you see the symbol of the cross, know that Jesus Christ loved you and I so much that he was willing to sacrifice his life on that cross for you and I. That's love that's demonstrated. His love stood in the gap. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He, Jesus Christ, took our place. And what I love most about how his love is demonstrated is that he saved us from the penalty of hell. His death on the cross took our place. When his blood was spilled, he gave us access back to the Father. And all those who believe in Jesus Christ and fully embrace what he did on the cross will have access to eternal life in Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without spot or blemish. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's love demonstrated, fully demonstrated on the cross, fully demonstrated in the person and in the work of Jesus Christ. First, we looked at how love is described. Then we looked at how love is demonstrated. And finally, we're going to look at how love is displayed. And I'm going to look in the Bible at some characters that we know well to help us understand how this love is fully displayed. First, I want to look at Joseph. Joseph was falsely accused by his brothers he was thrown into a pit. He was thrown into prison, and he served a very long time. And then God elevated him to second in command in Egypt. And when he was at the height of his power, his brothers came to him. And Joseph had every right to seek revenge for what was done with him. But what Joseph showed us is how love is displayed through forgiveness. Joseph demonstrated that you can forgive and if Joseph can forgive his brothers after all that was done with him, what's your excuse? What's my excuse? Who are we not forgiving today? If love is to be fully displayed, if we're going to let God love, we have to show forgiveness. People are going to talk about you. People are going to falsely accuse you and drag your name through the mud. But will you choose to forgive and honor God? Love is demonstrated through forgiveness. Secondly, let's look at redeeming love. You remember the story of Hosea. Hosea took his wife Gomer back over and over again. All of his friends were saying, don't take her back. But Hosea showed a redeeming love by continually bringing her back and loving her the way God intended. We also see the woman at the well. Because of her reputation, because of her past, she was drawing water at the noon hour at the hottest point of the day. We don't know her name, but we know that one day Jesus met her at that well and she was fully redeemed and her life was changed forevermore. Redeeming love has the power to change your heart and change my heart. God allows us to demonstrate redeeming love. So we looked at forgiving love. We looked at redeeming love. First, we looked at forgiving love. Secondly, we looked at redeeming love. And now we're looking at healing love. 
And that has to deal with you and me. You remember what you were like before you met Jesus Christ? Maybe you had anger issues. Maybe you had issues with lust. Or maybe you had issues with just living life your own way. You were the captain of your own ship. And you needed healing. Maybe it's a healing from an addiction. But when the power of God's healing love came into your heart, it changed everything. And we were never the same again. I remember my life. I was a kid full of issues with anger. And one day, God got a hold of my heart. And these hands that used to like to fight became hands that now pray and lay hands on people. Only a healing love can do that. God's love has the power to change you and change me. Let's look at Psalm 103, verses 1 through 4. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all of your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Don't you remember that day where God redeemed you from the pit? You were heading down. You were heading for destruction, and God's love found you in that pit, and He redeemed you, and now He's giving you a crown, a crown of righteousness, a crown of compassion, and a crown of love. Only healing love has the power to do that. He did it in your life. He did it in my life, and He can do it for all of our friends and loved ones who don't know the Lord yet. My challenge to you today is to let this love go out and be displayed to all of mankind. What good is a love if no one ever sees it? But if love has transformed your life, let it be fully displayed to your coworkers, to your neighbors, to a dark and dying world, especially now in this season of coronavirus. Let the love of God shine forth brightly in your heart and in your mind. When the love of God is present in your life, it will be visible in five different areas. Get a pen and paper and write these five things down. First, love for the Savior. Are you falling in love with Jesus over and over again each and every day? Don't allow the busyness of life, the hurry and the hustle and bustle to choke out the love you have for Jesus Christ. The Lord loves you and He wants you to spend intimate time with Him each and every day. So love for the Savior is our first point. Secondly, love for the Scriptures. 1 John 5, 39 says this, these are the scriptures that testify about me. And so, are you looking in the scriptures every day? Are you falling in love with this book and understanding that you have to have a love not only for the Savior, but for the scriptures, the very word of God? You know what it says in 1 John, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. Spend time in the scriptures every day and allow God's word to change your heart. Love for the Savior, love for the scriptures, Love for the sanctuary. Oh, church, I wish we can get together in the sanctuary and we can worship together under one roof. But until COVID-19 and this current crisis is over, make your home a sanctuary. Have a love for God's house, but make your home a house where God dwells. Turn up the worship music. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have a love for the house of God. And until we get together again as Calvary Church, and I believe we'll get together, and when we do, it's going to be a great time worshiping God. Have a love for the sanctuary each and every day. Next, we look at having a love for the saints of God. 
That's your fellow brother and sister. Don't have division among you. Don't have any quarrelings among yourself. Make peace with your brothers and sisters. Have a love generally one for another. I love when I come to church. I can greet you. You can greet me. We can express the love we have for one another. I may not know your name or I might know your name, but I want you to see the love in my heart because I love God and because you love God. The Bible says there's strength when we get together. Where two or three are gathered in his name, God's presence is there. Have a love for the saints. If there's a difference or disagreement, make sure you settle that. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Pick up the phone. Ask for forgiveness. Work on that relationship and let God's love shine through. And finally, have a love for the sinners. You see, God's heart was for us to love sinners. And that's what we just got finished celebrating at Easter. All that Jesus Christ did was to bring lost men and women, sinners, reconcile them back to the heart of the Father. Are you displaying a love for sinners? Do you have a burden for your neighbors, your coworkers, your community? It's not enough to say that you do, but are you putting that love in action? Are you witnessing? Are you looking for ways that you can share the hope and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with your neighbors, your friends, and the world? Love the sinner just as much as God loves you. Well, thanks. You've been a great audience tonight. And if you're watching online, I want to just continue to encourage you to be in prayer for our nation and in our world. In just a moment, we're going to close out in prayer. But before we close out, if you're watching this tonight and you want to know the love that we've been talking about, the love that can only be found in Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to accept Christ. You know, heaven is being with God forever. Consequently, hell is being away from God forever. And if you receive Jesus Christ, you can enter in to eternal life with Jesus Christ. But the way to get there is accepting what Jesus Christ did on the cross. If you pray this prayer with me tonight to receive Christ in your heart, are you ready to pray? Say it with me, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I know I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart, be my Lord and my savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, text your name to the number below and someone from our staff will be in touch with you and we'd love to follow up with you and let you know about your next steps on your journey with Jesus. Well, church, as we end tonight, we're continually praying for our nation and our world as we go through this unprecedented pandemic. So will you stretch your hand forth with me and let's believe God for a divine solution to the coronavirus. Father God, we pray for those we know are affected with corona. We ask you right now to heal those in the hospital. I pray, Lord, for recoveries to outshine the number of cases of loss. And Lord, will you bring a divine solution to this pandemic and this virus? Lord, let your healing virtue touch this world. Show yourself faithful and be faithful to your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining us online and we'll see you in church this weekend. joining us. What an awesome message and time of worship together. Please let us know if you responded to today's message by leaving a comment on our YouTube and Facebook. We would love to connect with you and help you take your next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Know that as a staff, we love you, we miss you, and we are constantly praying provision and protection over you and your families. God's got our church and God's got us. 
God bless. Have a good night.